This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake after a Dan Wolfenstein coming with you from the LA Football Network. They show, of course, being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Aura AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolfenstein. Well, we talked about the head coaching update, and <laughs> there was a lot to get through in that episode, as a lot has transpired this this week in general as it relates to head coaching openings outside of what the Chargers are looking to bring in. But now we got to flip it to the front office. Now we got to flip it to the GM. This and is fun stuff. Maybe just as important as the head coach. For the first time since Tom Telesco was hired in 2013, the Chargers are obviously now officially searching for their next GM candidate. And there have obviously been some interviews that have taken place thus far. Ones have been requested. Dan and I have obviously gone through and reviewed our favorites of the potential candidates. We did that a few weeks back after Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco were let go. But now we got some updates as it relates to that. So we want to bring everybody up to speed on it because a lot is going to transpire over these next couple of weeks. And um, yeah, Dan. Man. (laughs) Take it away. <laughs> GM candidates. Tell me how you are. <laughs> Take GM it away. candidates. Uh, this is a fun episode. I think we, Jake said it, this is probably more important to me than the head coach for every candidate except Vrabel and Harbaugh, probably. Although yeah, even with Vrabel, given how things went in Tennessee, maybe, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be a, a synergistic partnership. Let's call it that. Um, Look, general manager is huge. This guy's or gal's responsible for all things related to salary cap, building a roster. How do you draft? What's the scouting personnel look like? Like vision, all of that. That comes from general manager and the team that he builds around him, along with the coaching staff, to make it happen. So, in theory, you'd like to see whatever the general manager is plus John Spanos, plus scouting personnel department, plus coaching, all work together, all on a line, all knowing what everyone does and what this team needs from a personnel standpoint, roster standpoint, draft pick standpoint, to bring out the best in this team. Now, we talked about casting a wide net. Chargers are doing that with a head coaching candidacy, also doing that with their GM candidates as well. But Jake, before we get to that, doing great. How are you? How are you feeling about the GM candidates? It's interesting now, especially hearing some of the updates from from Washington as quickly as they've been moving to get their GM position filled. It makes you kind of just get, you know, a little uneasy as far as to say like, okay, let's speed up the process a little bit. You know, because the commanders just basically vomited over everybody after Ron Rivera was gone. It was report after report after report after report that they were just interviewing everybody. You know, if they had a male boy come into their front office, they probably interviewed him as well. Them and the Panthers, like a two-horse race, just going ballistic out the gate. Yes. So this one's kind of an enigma because, and I say that from the standpoint of, as we touched on the head coaching episode that 
as Dan alluded to, and as we've talked about plenty of times as it relates to this show, this team, how they conduct business, they keep everything very close to the chest. And if there is one thing that the Chargers have had a leg up on above other teams, now with certain positions to fill, they've had a jump start in getting some of these requests and interviews done. Now, interviews for GM, those parameters, much different than, than head coaches. It's not as constrict as the head coaches as far as when you can conduct certain interviews, when you can reach out to them. Um, it's very flexible, if you will. So again, as Dan said in the head coaching episode, just because you haven't heard certain information leak does not mean that conversations have not been taking place. That's so, a huge distinction. Yes. So it was a little bit, <clears throat> pardon me, it was a little bit late, later in this week, that we started finally hearing updates as it relates to the Chargers GM interviews. And obviously, based on interviews that have actually taken place, which there have been two that have actually now officially taken place, and the rest of the requested, Dan and I are going to go through those with you. Well, obviously, we personally have our favorites as it relates to our previous list that we have or that we brought out. But Dan, let's go through these just a little bit. So... One of the newest ones that we just got word of earlier today is that the Chargers officially completed an interview with Giants Assistant General Manager Brandon Brown. That was a name that we did not have on our list previously. We know that they already went through and conducted an interview with Interim General Manager Jojo Wooden. We know that the Chargers have officially put in a request to interview 49ers Assistant General Manager Adam Peters. That was our number one choice that we had on both of our lists. Will McClay was another one that we had at the top end of our list. Cowboys vice Mike president McClay. of player of player personnel who has been with the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. Jeff Ireland was a new name that came up this week. Senior assistant general manager. The Chargers put in a request to interview him. Ian Cunningham was the other big name that we had talked about on the show. He was he was been my number two. It's been Peters and Cunningham at one and two. Again, Bears assistant general manager. Great previous experience outside of Chicago in learning under Ozzie Newsom and learning under Howie Roseman. And another member of the Bears organization, Dan, they put in a request to interview Jeff King, who's their co-director of player personnel there. So there's some names that are not on this list, but we will obviously touch on that a little bit. But overall, Dan, I think the, the big three that you got out of that was obviously Peters, McClay, Cunningham. Mm -hmm. We heard some reports this morning that the Washington commanders have actually narrowed their GM search down to two candidates, them both being Peters and Cunningham. For good reason. Guys, and again, if, and again, context, reason, highly context Washington commanders have a pretty sweet cush spot for a GM candidate specifically. They got a bankroll of cash for a cap space for 2024. High draft pick. High draft pick number two, so you can get a brand new quarterback, spend a bunch of money, an organization that needs to kind of re-image and kind of come back to the heydays of Washington football. So they are narrowing down their finalists. Doesn't mean other teams aren't. And again, Jake mentioned it. This team operates differently than most. And they have had, similar to the Commanders, Chargers have been without a head coach for a long time now. You don't think that they've done homework and started talking to some GMs, which again, 
different rules for GM executives than it is for head coaching. A lot of those stipulations and hurdles you have to go over don't apply for GM candidates. So just because you're seeing news from other teams doesn't mean the Chargers aren't. And I would argue I'm pretty darn certain that this Chargers team has done some things. They're not just sitting there. They haven't sat there for the last month of the season while they're losing four straight, five straight, and just twiddle their thumbs waiting for the end of the season for GM candidates. That's not how it works for GM specifically. Chargers are probably operating like Dean Spanos calls up ex-GM that he wants to talk to and said, hey, maybe behind the Waffle House. Not in LA. <laughs> not, in, not in LA. No, no, he'll do it in a completely different state if he has to. But like, meet me at the IHOP off of 25th. I don't want anybody here knowing where we are, yeah. who we are, when we're here. Exactly. So that's just the way that the Chargers have always done business. So again, if it hasn't been leaked, it doesn't necessarily mean that interviews haven't been taking place. So let's kind of go through these again, Dan. As far as like the big three goes, the Peters, the Cunninghams, the McClay, guys who we had at the top end of our list, obviously there were some, here's that wide net again, because here are some names that you're not going to hear about or that were previously discussed with us shortly after Tom Telesco was fired. I don't think that anybody, as it relates to the Chargers, would have had Brandon Brown as one of their names of consideration. Uh, outside of Ian Cunningham, you throw in Bears co-director of player personnel, Jeff King. He was not a name that was discussed. Jeff Ireland was not a name that was discussed from the Saints as the assistant general manager. But in terms of those big three, now let's just talk about the possibility of there only being a big two remaining in that circumstance. Has, has anything shifted from you the last time that we had this conversation, the last time that we ranked these GMs as far as where they're at, what you kind of feel as far as them bringing in this new culture change, who you would possibly pair them with, with a head coach? Yep. Um, I don't know if anything's changed. I think for me, McClay... And Peters, I think, are my top two. I think you have Peters and Cunningham as yours. Mm -hmm. um, I think McClay brings, in my opinion, a ton to the table when it comes to like draft, scouting, personnel, like college prowess of like finding talent to bring to a roster. Like that's what he's done. And he is highly respected and kept close by. Jerry Jones in Dallas. Ian Cunningham obviously has his uh, advantages too. And Adam Peters, there's a reason why I think he's widely known as the number one head coaching candidate in the cycle. Like he has a resume. He's from a team with success. He has a lot of experience. The thing that I kind of keep going back to, and, and I kept thinking about this when I was watching the commanders kind of go through their thing and you saw the news about like them having the two finalists of theirs. Again, that doesn't mean that those candidates want the commanders. That just means those are the two guys that they want. It wouldn't surprise me. And I'm almost leaning towards the Chargers probably looking at candidates that are not discussed in the background. Because... And Jake, you and I had talked about it. There are some candidates that I'm like, how in the blue hell are these candidates not 
showing up nationally. Some of these guys have far too good of a resume and have far too much respect in the league to not be interviewed. In my top three, Waddle from the Steelers, experience in the Ravens, the Steelers, the Eagles, the Saints, current assistant GM for the Steelers. How he's not being talked about in this cycle blows my mind. So much so that it kind of seems like that's not possible that he's not talking to teams. Same with Joe Hortis with the Ravens. He is so highly respected in draft savant experience, success, and go look what the Ravens roster has looked like for so long. Go look it's who he's learned under. There's no way that these guys are not being talked to. There's just no way. And so, yeah, Adam Peters is a top candidate of mine. So is Cunningham. So is McClay. But those other guys, and I honestly, like, I'm at 50-50. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we find out that a coach, or excuse me, a GM that has not been talked about as quote-unquote requested or shown that they've done it ends up being the guy or gal. So when the Chargers operate the way they do, you kind of take all of this stuff that's put out publicly with kind of a grain of salt because they are so close-knit and so tight with what they release. And a lot of people thought that was just a Tom Telesco thing, but like that's not just a Tom Telesco thing. Like They will do interviews off-site just so the team and people around them can't see who's coming in and out. So I don't think my group has changed because I think, and you and I, we always try to like do this and stand on what we say ahead of time. The group we came up with was based on experience with successful organizations, was based on talent, draft, scouting, personnel, experience, which all of these guys we've talked about has. And also what the Chargers need. So no, I don't. Th- I honestly don't think my list has changed. I don't think that there's... The only thing, again, I go back to like the door number three. Like maybe there's names that we don't know. You know, talk about like the athletic director for Michigan. Or yep, some yep. of these names with connections to Jim and or John Harbaugh, for example. That's the kicker to me. And that's why I preface this by saying that Harbaugh is the only exception to where I could actually see them. Again, we're talking about them conducting these interviews simultaneously. If it was anybody but Harbaugh that you brought in as your head coach first, I personally, I believe that that is not the pace that they would go. If if they if they found came to find out that Harbaugh was not an option for them as a head coach, I believe that they would shift gears immediately, get their GM under contract first, and then find the head coach that pairs best with that. With Probably. Harbaugh, I think it's a little bit different given the fact of some of the butting heads that he had to go through during the bulky era in San Francisco. And I think just from that standpoint of head coach collaboration and with him, 
you're probably giving some front office responsibilities as well with him coming in if he ultimately was the choice. Yeah, so, Dan, to your point, I think that I don't necessarily say my list has changed, but I think I have kind of have now two different lists as far <laughs> as what makes the most public sense. private. Yes, because if you were to say, personally, I think that Harbaugh and Adam Peters could create magic together. I really do. But then to the point that you brought up, and we talked about Joe Hortis on this show, and he was part of our rankings when we were going over all the GM candidates, said, wouldn't it be fitting if Joe Hortis went from one Harbaugh to another? Again, somebody I'm sure that Jim and John have had their own conversations about how the organization has been run. And from a front office standpoint, from their, that history of Ozzie Newsom and beyond that, it's been extremely impressive, and Joe Hortis has been there for a long time. So personal connections now. Just kind of keep that in mind, and so you have all these different avenues that you can go on. Dan mentioned, who, again, was brought up this morning by Daniel Popper in The Athletic, Tom Gamble, who's the director of player personnel in Michigan and has had previous stints in front office positions with other uh, NFL teams during his tenure. So he has a long tenure in terms of college ranks, the NFL ranks, his experience and what he's dealt with. And obviously, again, someone who's familiar with Jim Harbaugh and their relationship together. So going back to this, I don't think that my, I have my list for my non-Harbaugh GMs now, and now the ones that may feel like the best with Harbaugh. So Peter's so, so, for you, so I guess for you. So for you, like let's just say top three for Harbaugh. Top three for Harbaugh. It's probably what Dodds, Cunningham, See, Peters. One. And Dodds is one that we know that the Raiders have scheduled an interview for. We haven't heard anything on that yet for the Chargers. We know how highly respected Dodds is, and he's been a name that has been coveted by a lot of NFL teams. Same goes for Ian Cunningham, as he has taken GM interviews over the last couple of years. If you were to tell me, I would probably say Peters and Hortis would be battling it out for number one in terms of a Harbaugh fit. Again, I, I don't think that you could go wrong with either one of them if you were to pair them with Harbaugh. Yeah. Cunningham and... Cunningham and... McClay might be battling it out for number two, that two rank. Wadel Borzingi would probably be in that tier three range. That's probably how we're ranking if this was a John Harbaugh type of pairing. Okay. Overall, if we're talking any other coach besides Jim Harbaugh coming in here, it goes Peters, it goes Cunningham. And I would probably say you have a battle between might have a three-horse horse race between McClay, Borgonzi, and Wadel for that. But we haven't heard anything on Wadel, nor have we heard anything on Borgonzi. Which blows my mind. I, I think I heard, I heard some teams had put in requests for Borgonzi. I hadn't heard anything on, on Wadel yet. And I know that the commanders had requested to interview Joe Hortis. However, that ended up panning out. But again, they've gotten to their two finalists now. But it's going to be interesting. 
it's going to be interesting how this shakes out. And again, I, that's how I predict kind of this whole timeline will go in this circumstance that if indeed it's Jim Harbaugh, and I think, again, we're going to get all of that news next week. I think Jim's going to be the first head coaching announcement that you're going to hear. If it's not Harbaugh, the first announcement you're going to hear from the Chargers is who's going to come in to be the new GM. Then following, it will be the next head coach. The the one pause I get on, I, I think Ian Cunningham is similar in archetype to what Brandon Staley was when he was hired. Like Ian Cunningham has like a meteoric rise. Like very quickly. He went from a scout in 2016, director of scouting in 2017 to 18, then 19 became an assistant director of player personnel. The next year was director of player personnel. Next year, assistant GM for the Bears. Like Literally 2013 to 16 scout, 17, 18 director of scouting, 19, 20 director of player personnel assistant, 21, 22 director of player personnel, 22 to present. It's like one year, one year, one year, one year, one year. But before the before the Bears, Dan, who was he spending his time with? I look, I that's what I'm saying. Like I that's why everyone loves him, is because of his time with the Ravens and the Eagles. Like they're not looking at the Bears, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you could say the same thing about Brandon Staley and look who he was with and look who he came up from. And so I think he checks the box of like organization coming from an organization that has success, both Ravens and the Eagles. So by that argument, if you were to take like that next up and coming GM, would you rank Borgonzi ahead of Cunningham, given the fact that he's been with one team for a longer tenure? That's a good question. Um, Oh, that's tough. I think I would probably put... Oh, man, that's tough. Okay, so Borgonzi, I'm just looking at his kind of profile that we did. He was assistant director of pro scouting from 2013 to 14. Again, he has four AFC championship trophies and two Super Bowl trophies to his name, by the way. Co-director player personnel for two years, director of football ops, which I think operations is a big one for this Chargers team for two years. And he's been assistant GM from 2021 to present. So I think Borgonzi has more experience than him. Now, more experience with one team versus two or three, I guess, technically chiefs for Borgonzi. Then you're looking at Cunningham. That's bears, Ravens, Eagles. So, I mean, there's pros and cons, but if we're talking just pure experience and how long he's been in positions, I think he goes to Borgonzi. So, our list hasn't changed, really. It's just kind of interesting, and I have to kind of remind myself of this sometimes, too, about these candidates of, like, oh, well, the Chargers aren't talking to anybody. Like, okay, that's not true. Like, they're not purposefully letting in the news out that they're talking to certain people, probably. But again, that's why a lot of people are a little nervous right now. Again, you started seeing more and more come out. But I do think that there's a dark horse here for GM specifically. Because it just doesn't make sense to me that some of these names are not being talked about. 
So I honestly think if I was a betting man, I think Chargers, I think it's going to be Peters or someone that has not been talked about for the Chargers yet, at least publicly. That's my gut. We know for sure that Peters and Cunning, either Peters or Cunningham is going to be off the board by next week because that is when their second interviews are scheduled with the commander. So that will be one less GM in contention. We don't, okay, but I, I would push back. I don't think we know that because who's to say that the Chargers or Panthers or whoever haven't done two, three, four interviews yet? Touche. Got it. But in terms of... And do you put it past the Chargers? To, do you put it past the Chargers to already be past that and not say anything? No, I don't. I guess I'm going more off of what history has shown me than anything else. And the Chargers don't get their guy, is that what you're saying? Not necessarily that they don't get their guy. But I think when you hear news about this breaking, then I would assume that if you don't hear anything as it relates to the Chargers interviewing either Peters or Cunningham by this weekend, then I say that. Like again, you mean? I mean, hell, even for the first time. Or well, at we least know for, they were requested. Uh, we know that they requested it, but yes, as far as like a second interview okay. come for them, then I would assume that the commanders are going to get one of the two of them. Okay. This is the one you and again, you and I both talked about it. Aside from Harbaugh, this is the one that I think is going to set the team's direction more than a head coach, because this one impacts both up and down the tree within the organization. Agreed. So that's the latest on all things general manager, candidate, timeline. And again, timeline for GMs is different than it is for head coaches. So like this can go much faster, which clearly you're seeing it is. And again, the Chargers have been without a head coach and a GM for quite a bit now. So they could have easily been talking to many of these GM candidates for weeks. And if it was me, if I'm Dean Spanos or John Spanos and I need a new GM, no way in hell am I waiting till the end of the season. That would be stupid. Anything else, Jake? Just on like the GM was, topic. Just like it was with the head coaches, this whole next week is going to be frantic. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to the Schefter tweets for sure. And we're all right along there with you. Because this is a big moment for this Chargers organization. I think they know it. I think that's clear. We've heard a lot about full court press. We'll see how effective it is by this time next week. We could very well know many things about the future of this team. But uh, until then, we will be coming out with an episode here in a bit. Because wouldn't you know, the Chargers did end up with a top five draft pick. Could have been four. Could have been four, but it was five. What do the Chargers do at five? Do they stick and pick? Who's going to be available? Should they trade down? Who should they choose if they do stay? Dark horses, all of that. We'll talk about that on the next Chargers Unleashed. But until then, for Jake Hefner, you find him at Jake T. Hefner on X, myself, Dan W. Sports. Obviously, 1090 ESPN, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you find us. We are here for you. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.